0: get involved, make a difference. You're listening to coverage of the 2010 American Medical Association House of Delegates annual meeting on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. John Armstrong, and today I'm talking with the new president of the American Medical Association, Dr. Cecil Wilson. Dr. Wilson is an internist from Winter Park, Florida. Welcome, Dr. Wilson.
1: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate being here.
0: Well, Dr. Wilson, I think our listeners would like to know how you got involved in organized medicine.
1: You know, it does go back. First of all, I actually, in a perverse sort of way, I like going to meetings. But when I first started in practice, I was looking to see if there were other ways I could serve, not just, although that's a very important thing, not just seeing patients, but to, in a way, pay back. And organized medicine was a way to do that. It offered an opportunity, not only... To provide care for patients, but also to be sure that the policies, the milieu in which health care was provided, was conducive to providing good care for patients.
0: Well, you are the 165th president of the American Medical Association, and you bring a unique combination of experience with both state and specialty medical societies. Please share how those experiences are shaping your view of your presidency.
1: Well, it does give a broad perspective, and as you've correctly observed, I came up through County Medical Society, State Medical Association, and then to the AMA, what we call the Geographic Societies, but I've also served my special society of internists in the American College of Physicians, and so I came through that route up to and including being chair of the Board of Regents of the American College of Physicians. So in a time when the diverse interests Of physicians are even more pronounced than ever. I think having sat in both sides of that equation gives a perspective that I hope is helpful.
0: Well, you are an avid sailor, and clearly during the past year plus, there have been stormy seas when it comes to views on health system reform within the physician community. What's your assessment of where the American Medical Association is now with health system reform?
1: Well, I think address the stormy seas, and we absolutely have had that, and AMA has been in the forefront of leadership on health system reform, a lot of the discomfort that physicians have had really mirrors that in the population at large, and so I think physicians reflect that, and as a matter of fact, since physicians actually are in the arena taking care of patients, I think it is even more powerful for them, and so they, like others, are fearful of getting something that they didn't want and losing something that they had, and so that's where we are now. But my strong impression is that we have made a giant leap toward health system reform in this country. It's a start. The legislation is imperfect, but it is a major start. It's going to help millions of people in short order. And so where the AMA is now is that we have been a leader in this fight, and we are prepared, and I believe that we have the credentials with those who are in power to continue to be a positive contributor to health system reform.
0: As you reflect on the existing health system reform laws, what areas do you see as particularly positive, and then what issues still remain of concern?
1: Well, I think the positive and the thing which, in the end, made me feel that this was something that needed to be supported was the fact that with this legislation, tens of millions of people who previously did not have health insurance, and as a result, we know were at risk of being sicker and dying sooner because they didn't have insurance, will now have it. We also know that there are tens of millions of people who have insurance, or who now can rely on that insurance, will not be concerned that they might lose it if they develop a pre-existing condition or if they change jobs. Those are strong positives that, in the end, made me feel that this was a powerful direction to go, and we made a great start. There are a couple of defects that were left out, and maybe the biggest one, particularly since the Senate just postponed the Medicare physician payment cuts, does have to do with the fact that this legislation does not address the problem of Medicare physician payment, a problem that's been going on for the last nine years, which each year threatens to cut payments to physicians, which has a result of decreasing access to care, For senior citizens who are on Medicare as well as military families who are on TRICARE. As we know, the rates for TRICARE are pegged the same as Medicare. In addition, the baby boomers who are going to be coming into Medicare next year, that is a glaring hole that was not addressed in health system reform legislation. But I I think it's important, though, in making that observation to point out that this problem preexisted, health system reform. It's been around for the last eight or nine years. Both sides of Congress both parties, Republicans and Democrats, have had a hand in not fixing the problem. That's sort of first up on our agenda for making corrections at the present time.
0: Well, certainly, achieving sustainable Medicare physician payment is a bipartisan issue. There are some who wondered how much fixing the sustainable growth rate drove AMA's agenda in health system reform. What do you think?
1: The AMA started out several years ago recognizing that the status quo was not viable, that unless we did something, we would have a health system that cost too much, was ineffective and unfair, and so health system reform need to be moved forward. Uh, the reality is that there are many moving parts in this, and we, I've already mentioned a couple of them, the coverage of insurance, the insurance reforms, and now Medicare payment. All of those were part of the equation, and they're all important. And maybe just to address the issue of, of Medicare reform, there's a lot In the health system reform bill in terms of continuity of care, of quality of care, of changing how we provide incentives for providing care, electronic health records, things of that sort that physicians will need to implement to make health system reform positive and workable. And the reality is without a stable Medicare payment system, physicians are not going to be able to do that and effective health system reform will be in jeopardy.
0: If you're just tuning in, you're listening to coverage of the 2010 American Medical Association House of Delegates meeting on REACH MDXM 160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. John Armstrong, and today I'm joined by Dr. Cecil Wilson, the new president of the American Medical Association and internist from Winter Park, Florida. Dr. Wilson, what do you see as the top challenges for medicine in the coming year?
1: challenge will be really revolving around health system reform. One, I've mentioned already, and that has to do with Medicare payment reform. While the health system reform legislation did recognize the need for tort reform, it did not do enough to address that. We know from previous experience over the past generation or so that it caps on non-economic damages have been proven to work. That was not in this legislation, and we need to continue to work on that because It is effective in controlling the cost of insurance premiums. In addition, we recognize that reforming the tort system is necessary to make this whole system work. And so there are a number of other areas, what we call alternative liability reform, that needs to be looked at, things like health courts, administrative compensation systems, early offer programs, and so-called safe harbors for physicians who practice medicine. So Medicare and medical liability reform are big holes that are going to need to be plugged.
0: If there's one issue that unites physicians, it is the issue of meaningful and proven medical liability reform. Why do you suppose that that has been such a difficult objective to achieve?
1: Well, I think it's important related to that to point out that this has been difficult regardless of what party is in power in Washington. Uh, With the previous Republican administration, uh, we were not able to get caps at a federal level. And now with the current administration, even though they recognize the problem, caps are, are not on the table. So it's been difficult because even though everyone recognizes there is a challenge, neither party has been able to summon up the will or the number of votes to make that happen. Clearly on this as well, there's many issues with which this country grapples There are strong forces on either side. Let me just state that on this issue, the trial lawyers are obviously vigorously opposed to changes related to this, and I think other people also have concerns because they do not want to, in the process of doing tort reform, take away people's ability to have redress of injury, and I might add that the AMA does not either, but what we do believe is that revisions in our tort system... Can one, make that system more reliable and available to those who are injured, but also stop this LATO kind of jackpot justice where people sue and lawyers sue in hopes they'll strike it rich and in the process drag physicians through courts most of the time on cases that in the end do not result in any kind of awards?
0: This past year, there were some in Washington who questioned the identity of the American Medical Association, calling it, in essence, a trade organization. What's your view on the identity of the American Medical Association to physicians and patients in America?
1: Well, physicians are members of a profession, and we are a professional association. And I would say that we are most effective when we espouse causes from a position of a profession with a strong involvement with ethics and principle and doing things for the good of our patients. We are more than a trade association, and our actions and our approach has to reflect that. So for that reason, health system reform has been not just about physicians and their interests, but about physicians' patients, those who physicians take care of them. That's a significant difference. It's a difference we need to continue to emphasize because we're here to help our patients.
0: Another element of American Medical Association identity related to membership, Dr. Mike Maves, the executive vice president of the association, highlighted his concerns about membership numbers in the AMA. How will you address the situation with AMA membership as president?
1: Well, first to state, we believe every doctor ought to be a member of the AMA because this is an association that advances the interests of the patients and the profession. And when those in power want to know what physicians think, it's the AMA that they consult. So, so we believe that is important, and we would hope that physicians would find that compelling. We are, have continued to look at the challenges associated with membership. Part of it is a societal kind of a evolutionary thing. and By and large, a lot of people don't join anything anymore, so at least a part of it has to do with that. But the other part has to do with whether physicians find within the AMA something that is valuable enough for them to make them feel they want to be a part of it. And we are continuing to look at, particularly in the area of things we can do to help physicians in their practices. For example, we are developing a very comprehensive web portal that we believe will provide a a lot of tools for physicians that they will find very helpful in their practice, and we hope will then demonstrate to them the value of what the AMA is doing for
0: them. The American Medical Association has within its representative body, the House of Delegates, a variety of component societies, and, and some of them really don't see eye to eye with the association. How is it that you can present a unifying message when divisions exist within this legislative body?
1: Well, first let me emphasize that point that in the AMA House of Delegates are representatives from every state medical society in the country, and every specialty society in the country so that to the extent they are representative of physicians in the country, then the AMA, at least in setting its policy, is setting policy that is supported by almost all of the physicians in the country, and I think that is powerful. Now, the reality is there are things on which physicians do not agree, and there will be issues where special societies and geographic societies or state societies will not agree, and also issues where one specialty Society will not agree with another, but we believe that by continuing to meet together, to talk together, we can emphasize the things that unite us and minimize the things that divide. There will always be areas on which we disagree, but I would suggest that in the vast majority of the really big issues, there is a unanimity that we can capture and take advantage of just because we're meeting together and doing things together and then going to Washington
0: together. And, Dr. Wilson, as you embark on your voyage as American Medical Association's president this year, what is your message to America's physicians?
1: Well, my message to America's physicians is that we have an honorable profession. We have a responsibility to our patients and to the way in which they receive care. We need to be a part of that. If we step away from that, there are people who are willing to do that who do not have the experience and understanding of what it is to take care of patients. It's important that we be there, and the most effective way that physicians can do that is by investing in their medical associations, in particular the American Medical Association.
0: I've been speaking with Dr. Cecil Wilson, the new president of the American Medical Association, who reminds all of us, as Thomas Jefferson shared, not every difference of opinion is a difference of principle. Dr. Wilson, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Well, thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: I'm Dr. John Armstrong. You've been listening to conference coverage of this year's American Medical Association House of Delegates annual meeting on ReachMD Radio XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. Join ReachMD online, on demand, on air, and now on Twitter. Visit us at ReachMD.com. And as always, thanks for listening.